Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 84th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor <laughs> Podcast with your host, Bennett Leon. And of course, we have Ashley Downing with us as well. Hey, everybody. Alrighty, guys, we have another amazing episode for you today. Um, what are we going to be talking about today, Ash? Statehood. Um, so, DC, the House voted for DC to be granted statehood. Um, and we're going to talk about other, yay, yes. Um, we're going to talk about how other areas um, are not technically states, so they don't have representation in Congress and aren't allowed to vote in um, national elections and whatnot. And then we're going to talk about this specific House vote. Um, and yeah, so what it kind of means to not have statehood, basically. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump in to the first resource that we have for you, which is an article from The Hill uh, out earlier today about this House vote. Um, and as you can see, this is being widely talked about um, throughout the social media spheres. Um, and as we see here, the House approved the uh, vote for statehood for Washington, Washington D.C. with 232 votes for and 180 against. Um, now, this is a historic move, um, marking the first time that either chamber has passed legislation to elevate the district to the 51st state and empower its residents with long sought voting representation within the halls of Congress. Um, so, uh, what's really interesting uh, about this is that a lot of people do support uh, and have supported for some time the movements for uh, or the cases for um, Washington DC to become a state and uh, for Puerto Rico. And there's actually more mm -hmm. for Puerto Rico, which is interesting because this is the one that's moving first, like Washington DC yeah. uh, before Puerto Rico. But I mean, uh, we'll take it as it comes, I guess, <laughs> even though uh, we don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but we'll uh, talk about that a little later on. Um, now, when it comes to the, uh, the argument against this, um, I wanted to highlight this quote um, from one of the uh, representatives from Georgia. Her name is Jody Heiss. Uh, she said, um, op like a, a, opposing to this, quote, my friends on the other side of the aisle may gasp and protest and outrage at the suggestion that what this is all about is an attempt to get two more Democratic senators. But that's what this is all really about. The Constitution clearly establishes a federation of sovereign states and their representation here in Washington, D.C. Comes from those states, the federation of those states. This city, this district is a unique entity. So like, mm -hmm. um, as you can see there, Rep Representative uh, Heiss has taken the tone uh, like the most of the GOP has taken and blasting the legislation as a democratic power grab noting that the lopsided partisan leanings of the district's residents and uh, their critics contend that DC statehood is unconstitutional, arguing that the founders established the city as a neutral zone to govern outside the influence of state politics, which is true. It but is. at the same time, you know, like those people living there are, uh, we're gonna make this case a little uh, like after this, right? But mm -hmm. um, actually maybe it might be a good time to bring it up now. So what is the case for these states? Well, based, mm -hmm. I think that they even mentioned it a little bit in this article too, but um, a lot of the, like DC, for instance, they do pay taxes. 
um, Puerto Rico doesn't pay taxes, but um, federal taxes, but they still have payroll taxes and um, other types of taxes that they do um, pay into. Um, so it's kind of like that phrase from, you know, taxation without representation. Um, so that's kind of the argument for it. And when you think about it, um, right at the top here, it says 4.4 million American citizens do not have voting representation in Congress. Um, that's really what makes us a democratic state, right? Is the fact that we have the ability to vote, um, at least on the people who are going to be making our laws, we at least get to vote them into those uh, positions. So that's really the biggest argument, I think, for statehood. Absolutely. Um, and I th I'm really glad that you mentioned very first and foremost, the uh, that one very popular phrase that everyone knows, no taxation without representation. Mm -hmm. And it's something that Americans should very much, um, uh, it should resonate with a lot of Americans because of its significance to us historically with um, our oppressors, aka um, the monarchs that uh, reigned over the UK, uh, and also over the uh, American colonies uh, that led to um, our American Revolution because of our lack of uh, representation uh, mm -hmm. in their parliament and they get to do and tax us how much ever they wanted and do all that kind of stuff. So which of course is really unfair, which is why we started a revolution and fought them and beat them inside our own country, you know, so uh, for us to deny an, a piece of land that is our own territory that we also owe like uh, we have a duty to yeah, um, responsibility for. Absolutely. And we're not uh, fulfilling that. So uh, I think that's very interesting to note as well. Yeah. And I think that this second paragraph is really important to mention too that, um, well, first, I guess I should mention that um, up there it says Puerto Rico, DC, Guam, um, the US Virgin Islands, Northern Marine. Islands, American Samoa, all. But what's really interesting about this is a lot of those areas are large and they have big populations. Um, and people, one of the biggest arguments are, oh, well, they don't have, you know, they're too small of states. Um, but it says here, DC has more residents than Vermont or Wyoming. Um, that's a very big population that's not being represented then. And then you also see here Puerto Rico, if they were considered, if they were able to become a state, they would be the 29th most populous state. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That is crazy. Um, and uh, they would also significant, uh, they would contribute significantly yes. to the federal economy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but no, um, <clears throat> I also kind of wanted to talk about these charts that are in this um, in this article here from the dataforprogress.org website that we're on. So this chart shows support for statehood is stronger for Puerto Rico than it is for DC, uh, which I mentioned earlier, which I thought was interesting why DC came out first before Puerto Rico, you know, even mm -hmm. given like all the problems they had with like Hurricane Maria and all those other hurricanes that uh, proceeded after that, um, they were not given that. And they, uh, even though uh, we do have a responsibility, like uh, you mentioned a little earlier to them. So um, the support for is that that lighter shade uh, for Puerto Rico, and um, the support, of course, the Washington uh, for DC is that darker shade. 
And um, we see way more for Puerto Rico than we do um, for DC. Um, for the opposition, they're pretty much the same. Um, a little bit more for uh, opposed to Washington DC. I'm assuming that's be more on the basis of the constitutionality of it, you know, uh, taking that kind of route of, for that. Um, and don't mm -hmm. know, uh, which is I assume most, most people, um, they, uh, <clears throat> DC wins there as well. Uh, so they don't know what to take about that or think about that. Let's go ahead. Mm -hmm. I think that the reason for that is because the main argument for DC not being able to become a state is that neutral zone, right? That the, um, um, that the constitution has. So I can honestly see this. I can see why Puerto Rico would be higher um, than Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. Mm -hmm. It does make sense. And um, it's something that to be considered at least, you know, um, mm -hmm. and not just a power grab. Uh, so let's um, take a look at this one as well. So this one takes a look at the partisanship uh, strongly influences the statehood support. So for this one, we have two different voters uh, voted in Democratic in 2018 and voted Republican in 2018. So it looks like the people, Democrats, support the uh, statehood uh, for Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico way more mm -hmm. than Republicans. It's actually <laughs> negative for, yeah. uh, for both Puerto Rico and D.C., but it's way more for, uh, uh, way, way worse for D.C. for the Republicans. So yeah, interesting. Uh, Democrats support that way more. Um, age is also a strong factor in support for statehood. So uh, we have different generations here that we're looking at um, in comparison the millennials, Generation X, boomers, and silent generation. Don't know what that one is. Um, <laughs> boomers. <laughs> yeah, literally, never heard of that one. Those are definitely the boomers. Those are definitely the people who are following the constitution that phrase about having that neutral zone from where the government the federal government lies um clearly because a lot of them still support puerto rico becoming a state mm. i mean that's what it that's what it would say to me and i think that i mean let's be honest boomers are the ones that are more um is Backwards conservatives thinking. the right word maybe <laughs> Backwards thinking, sure. Uh, destructive, <laughs> sure. I would uh, say yeah. conservative. Uh, yeah, so um, I think you made a good point there, yeah. Um, a good observation. I think you're right about that as well. But, um, of course, for the younger generations, like we see Generation X, Millennials, mm -hmm. uh, it still rings true that we support this. Um, we support the case for statehood uh, way more. Um, and much more for Puerto Rico than for D.C. as well. So that rings true across all the spectrums that support for uh, Puerto Rico's for statehood uh, has way more support. Support for statehood is weakest in rural areas. Um, makes sense. Uh, most of the rural areas tend to be yeah. uh, conservative type um, leaning for the most yeah. part. Uh, most of the cities across the country are democratic voting for the most part. Uh, they are liberal. So that's what you're going to see here. And that's, it makes sense. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to know about this article is just the fact of what they're really fighting for, which is to be able to be represented. You know, we live in a, a country that 
it, people claim um, to be the best democracy, you know? And it's funny that people say that because if you actually look at our democratic score, it's not as high as some countries. <laughs> um, but even with that being like our big slogan, you know, land of the free, um, we have millions of Americans who are paying into a system that they have absolutely no um, choice in the matter. They have no representation to be able to say, hey, we want this, or hey, we need this. And I think when you're in a country like Puerto Rico, um, or in a state like Puerto Rico, you're so far, right? Um, they don't, DC does not know the needs of Puerto Rico. They do not. And we need somebody from Puerto Rico <laughs> to be able to vouch for those people. Um, same with American Samoa, with the Marina Islands. It's just very interesting to me that we claim responsibility over these areas, and yet we are so out of touch with them um, and still don't want to get to know what their needs are, obviously. It's really interesting that you bring that up as well, because like, I think that's really important to note as well, because like, for all these territories, like, you know, you want to take, for example, like Hawaii or whatnot, like what happened with Hawaii? Like it was like a farm, uh, it was like a farming island or whatever. Um, it had its own like king, like it was, it, it was its own kingdom, right? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, there were some farmers there, Dole, I don't know if you, I, I forget that name, the first name, but Dole, like that orange juice, like orange. that juice name or whatever. Um, that guy was working in Hawaii. He actually helped lobby Congress in the United States to uh, go take over um, Hawaii and make it a state after that. Um, you know, so I, I think it's very interesting to kind of note that as well, that like, that was the most recent time, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure unless there was a more uh, recent one than that, but I don't think. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to that, like we came, we invaded their territory, but we took responsibility there to actually take care of them after. Mm -hmm give them every entitlement that comes along with them being an American citizen. But that's something that we didn't do for, like you mentioned, the Mariana Islands, the Philippines, the list goes on and on and on. But what did we do there? We invaded there also. We also claimed territory there. I mean, they are American territories, you know? Like, yeah. um, but what's interesting is that we don't assume responsibility there, even though we uh, invaded and uh, conquered them and told them that they're ours, basically. But yeah. And we won't give them anything else that comes along with the benefits of uh, being an American, uh, part of the, being an American, really. And they're not yeah. fully American. You know? Like, that's the point. They're not fully American, so they get that. Well, and I think that what, what exactly what you said is, it, it reminds me of Hurricane Maria, when Puerto Rico was so badly hit, so badly hit. Um, and I, I think that it was... Um, Forty-one billion dollars was allocated in um, relief funds, and Puerto Rico only received eleven point two billion dollars of that money. And I remember seeing um, videos uh, of nursing homes and people literally floating in their wheelchairs. People who are just walking around, you know, knee deep in water, and not having electricity for months, literally for months. Um, and yet we were plummeting all, plumbing all this um, money to Texas and Louisiana. And, you know, sure, they really needed the money as well. But Puerto Rico is part of the United States. They deserve that same, um, you know, 
amount of funds. And I remember that uh, Trump had, and oh yeah, you brought it up. Um, Trump tweeted that Puerto Rico got $91 billion in funds when in all honesty, $91 billion wasn't even spent in relief funds. And they only got 11.2 billion of that. Um, so that's just a perfect reason why they need representation because they're clearly getting the shorthand of the stick. Absolutely. And I want to uh, take the time to kind of go <laughs> over these quote, uh, these uh, tweets that we have here from uh, the president uh, from earlier last year uh, in April. He was talking about like how um, Puerto Rico, and I quote, Puerto Rico got $91 billion for the hurricane, more money than has ever been gotten for a hurricane before, and all their local politicians do is complain and ask for more money. Uh, the politicians is what he means. The politicians are grossly incompetent spending the money foolishly or corruptly and only take from the USA. Wow. Only take, they say. Uh, foolishly and corruptly, too. It's like they, he has absolutely zero trust in Puerto Rico. The best thing that ever happened to Puerto Rico uh, is President Donald J. Trump. So keep in mind, this is still the president <laughs> talking. Um, so many wonderful <laughs> people, but with such bad island leadership and with so much money wasted, cannot continue to hurt our farmers and states with these massive payments and so little appreciation. So the, he's he wants them to be groveling at his feet, begging and thanking him, kissing his boot and kissing his ring uh, to make, uh, to thank him for the money that they're, uh, getting, or they're getting, like as if he's directly getting it to them, which is not the case, you know? And it's their responsibility, you know? It's their fucking responsibility. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it's, it's really funny to me that he makes these, these, these numbers, you know, $91 billion, um, when they didn't even, they spent like half that, not, not even, you know, um, but this is just really why we need representation in these areas, because it does also show how out of touch he is, how they spend the money foolishly and corruptly, Honestly, to me, that seems like a racist statement. Um, and then that they have so little appreciation. I don't, don't quote me when I say this, guys, but I'm pretty sure that there was not an area in Louisiana or Texas or those Southern states that did not have electricity for a month. I don't think that there was a place that did not have electricity for a month. And Puerto Rico did not have electricity in some areas for months, plural. Um, mm. so little appreciation. I mean, I would also be, if I was a politician in Puerto Rico, I'd be asking for more money too. Like this dude's ego, like, um, is so ridiculous. This is also the time where like, I don't know if you remember, uh, but, uh, he also, um, went to the island himself. Uh, and he was giving out like a bunch of, uh, what was it? He was giving out um, a bunch of supplies and stuff, you know? And he uh, he got a lot of shit for like throwing stuff at yes. people, you know? Like uh -huh. lobbying it at them. So I wanted to pull up for our audience to kind of like um, check out like what our, is he like paper towels paper basketball? Towels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pull up. Uh, <sighs> basketball but paper towels I'm assuming okay it's this one so check this out so this is the president Puerto Rico 
uh, ran into one of their hurricanes, and this is how he uh, he treats the people of Puerto Rico. And this is definitely a race a race thing. I feel like 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 is it some it's some fucking game, you know? Like it's a game show for him. Like basketball, you see that? Like it's on the race. Well. I mean, I get, like, whatever. I mean, I think that he, I don't know. But the thing is about this picture that I think is really interesting is his ego. It's literally like he is just eating up the praise with every single wad of paper towel that he throws. I mean, definitely. Uh, so I, he got a ton of shit for that. And it, as when we were talking about that it, and... Um, to see how he behaved in uh, Puerto Rico and how much shit he talked about their government and like uh, the mayor of Port, um, San Juan, which was Yulin Cruz and the governor and all that stuff. So like, like the dude is just, if it's not Republicans that he's talking to, he doesn't want to talk to them in other words, and he doesn't want to work with them. Um, so that's the kind of president we have. And that's the situation we, we find ourselves in. And that's why, fucking Joe Biden has a 10 point lead on him nationally <laughs> and as shitty as we'll Joe see. Biden is um, he looks like he actually might be Trump so uh, if you would have asked me a month ago I would have said it would definitely be Trump but who knows now so um, I still don't know it's way too early way too early yeah we'll see all right so uh, let's wrap up here uh, unless you want to mention anything else about uh, who we're going to talk about no, um, I don't. I know we didn't talk about like what is to come with this House vote. Uh, like, out okay. well, the House voted, but um, Trump has already mentioned that he's going to veto it if it does um, somehow miraculously pass in the Republican Senate. Um, so, I mean, it's really awesome that this is being talked about more, but I don't really see it going anywhere right now, unfortunately. But I think it's good that we did an episode on it because it's important to make this known um i don't think a lot of people realize that 4.4 million americans don't have representation in congress yeah absolutely so we, we yeah we mentioned a little earlier how like uh, the representative and the gop basically are like totally against it but um yes uh trump is also staunchly against it um <laughs> and has promised to veto and um, that just shows how completely responsible it is and how much of a political move it really is for them. Um, and she, they explained, uh, especially that one representative that we talked about earlier uh, in that quote, um, she mentioned how um, it was because of the... Um, the Democrats. Wanting to win. Yeah. yeah. I bet it was, it was my time. Yeah. The Democrats wanting to win and take over Congress uh, using that method. So it, it really is a political, literally a political decision for the, the Democrat, uh, the Republicans um, to, to, to vote block or to think that mm -hmm. way. So yeah, uh, let's leave it at that. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you haven't done so already, definitely write us a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And uh, comment down below if you're watching on YouTube, on Facebook, or wherever you're watching us as well. We'd love to hear back from you. And follow us on our social media pages and websites where you can also get... Woo! So where can they follow us, Ashley? 
every single social media platform, basically. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, as you mentioned, video, our videos are there. Um, and then we write articles and you can listen to our podcast as well on our website, WordPress. It's on WordPress. So I think you can just look up WordPress, The Oligarchy Disruptor. Um, and then every single podcast platform, basically, there's eight of them that we are on. Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, to name a few. Absolutely. <laughs> so with that, once again, guys, thank you so much for watching and tuning in. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.